Hello and welcome to another episode of Your One Black Friend. Today is going to be a slightly different um, episode than usual. I have my friend Maya and we're going to talk about things that are sort of brewing in the undercurrent of, well, our lives really. So, you know, it is good to talk about quantum physics and the nature of our reality and philosophy and things like that. But on the opposite end, we also have our day-to-day -day lives to sort of deal with. And there are things that have been happening in the background. And I've been getting messages from quite a, a few of you asking about what's going on with the economy. Um, and are we inching towards war? Things like that. And I thought, you know, this would actually be a good time to do an episode where we discuss our day-to-day -day lives as opposed to sort of the esoteric and bigger picture things. Um, if we can pull things down, not saying that, you know, a possible world war is not a big picture thing, but a day-to-day -day sort of thing. So I have my friend Maya here and um, she's going to present a bit of her understanding. She's in Europe right now um, doing, I would say, sort of, sort of field work, groundwork to see what's going on there. So she's got the, you know, ground view of what's happening in Europe and what's well, what might be coming or what people want to come. Um, anyway, without f further ado, I will let you introduce yourself, Maya, and then we can kind of go from there. Thank you, Joe. Um, I am Maya and I am in the Netherlands right now. I am essentially a writer and thinker. That's what I do. And I'm here talking to people and trying to figure out what exactly is happening. And none of this is um, anything that I've researched personally. I'm not looking at the news because I, you can't really trust sources. I am talking to people and trying to understand what their experiences are. And I spoke to someone um, who is pretty high up at a consulting firm here in the Netherlands, and it's a multinational company and his CEO goes to the World Economic Forum meetings every year. And he is very well connected into what's happening financially and politically here and learned a lot of things that were really surprising to me. So I had heard of the social credit system. I've seen the videos from China where even when someone is jaywalking, uh, facial recognition is so advanced now that there's police officers coming right away just after looking at the back of your head and your gate and they can identify. Yeah, they can identify who you are. And this was pushed out. It was explained that it was for their protection because of tracing and everything for the pandemic. And now it's being used to find people. So I don't know why they got the number 513, but that's where the social credit system starts, I believe. And if you throw a cigarette butt on the floor or if you are jaywalking, um, breaking any sort of law, whether it's minor or major, you are tracked down immediately. Your social score goes down and the, the digital yuan is now being also manipulated. So potentially they can dock you fees based on your behavior. And that's just the start. They did have one province where they even um, piloted 
having expiring currency. Have you heard of this, Joe? No, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, expiring currency. Please yeah, explain. so you have you have the you know you have a set amount in your digital wallet, and um, you have to use it up in the next three months, or it's gone. Which means you cannot have personal assets, right? You cannot pass on wealth to your children. You cannot save up for a private school. You cannot better your life. You are now reliant on the government's, you know, whims essentially. And maybe they are also going to push out universal basic income. Um, yeah. So that's everything in China. And I was aware that they were piloting that. I didn't realize that it has gone live. It has gone live. And the most shocking thing for me was apparently they're piloting those technologies in Europe as well. So what this gentleman told me is there is a city um, about 30 minutes from where we are, we're in right now in the Netherlands where they are piloting the 15 minute city program. Um, they're doing that in Barcelona and Oxford, and he named a few other cities. And the idea is really utopian. So you essentially, we have a climate crisis, or so we're told. And instead of actually addressing the real cause, which is corporations, um, they're putting all of this pressure on individuals, which I can go on for forever, how unfair that is, because you using a plastic straw is not going to kill a turtle, right? It's all of these, <laughs> these corporations that are, um, you know, polluting our water, our air, and, um, there's no regulations, but sure, blame blame the common man. Yeah, it's a straw. It's a straw. It's a plastic straw that destroyed our our forest, like our forests, the rainforests, and exactly our, our waters. It um, has nothing to do with the new iPhone coming out every six months, and then we have new batteries for them. You can you have to get new chargers. Where where right. is all of that going? Right, planned obsolescence. That that's not. That, that's it's your plastic straws and and cow farts. exactly yeah. don't forget <laughs> cow farts from you eating too many burgers and, and i don't i don't know if you've ever watched my parents live in a suburbia in california and um they meticulously separate out their garbage you know they have their recycling bin and then we were watching the the other day and it was going in the same truck <laughs> the black and the, the blue were going in the same truck no Yes. Yes. I wish I'd filmed it. We just happened to be out in the front like area. Are you to serious? Watch that. Yes. I've never watched. It's different here in San Diego. They they have different people that come. So the at least here, I could say that there are certain days where the recycling comes to pick up. So it's like every other week that you put out your recycling bin. Um, yeah, no. But here only in, in my in my area. Um, when I lived in um, uh, northern, a, a bit more north, they did come on the same day, but I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention to see if it was all going in the same. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Me and yeah, my dad and I watched it happen, and he was just like, "This is this is a joke." <laughs> 
<laughs> next time film that please because i will yeah that needs to be seen i will have him film that especially because it's again making us uh preoccupied with things and making us feel like we have control over things which we don't and there it's just yeah keeping us busy Can we go yeah. back to the 15-minute cities? Now, could you explain what a 15-minute city is? Yes. So my understanding is in order to reduce um, pollution and improve the environment, the idea is we should be able to walk to everything we need within 15 minutes. So sounds, your grocery store. Nice. That's right. what I thought originally. Yeah, I was like, this is utopia. Like I, That's my biggest problem with... American cities is there's no walkability um, and going to the grocery store, you have to get in a car unless you live in a very, on a very busy street. And that's really not great either. Um, while I'm here in the Netherlands, I, I walked 20,000 steps today and it's wonderful and I can get to every place. So originally I was like, Oh, this sounds amazing. Yeah. We should have this. Wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're going to be using, facial recognition systems at entry points. So there you're allotted at Oxford right now, you're allotted a hundred entries into your neighborhood or outside of your neighborhood. Yeah. So let me get this straight. They are now going to, with the use of facial recognition software, they're now going to track and limit the amount of time you can come into and out of your own city and essentially your home. Am I understanding that correctly? Cor correct. So initially they're saying, well, there will be alternative paths, but you know, the, the main juncture, the filter, they say the filter, um, you're going to be only allowed a certain amount of entries and re-entries. So, uh, and I'll just read you what what the Oxford student, they they were upset about this because again, right. Oxford is <laughs> one of the- Okay, I'm yeah. glad that there is at least some pushback. Yes, there is, but this is what it says. Residents will also be able to apply for permits to drive through filters and into other neighborhoods for up to a hundred days a year, while Oxfordshire residents will be able to secure permits for up to 25 days a year. Free travel through filters will be allowed by bus, bike, taxi, scooter, and walking. So essentially you are tied down to public transportation. Like if my parents lived two hours away, I would need a permit from the government to, to go, go visit your them. Parents. If I want my, if I feel like my child is musically gifted, and they should go to this special academy an hour away, I would need permission from the government. Because that's the thing that people don't understand when you've used the word permit, right? Um, quick in interjection, quick interjection rather. I remember having this conversation with my husband a few years ago and he was saying how America is like the most free country in the world. This is when we first met, like we first started dating. He doesn't say that anymore, but um, he was like, yeah, it was like the freest country in the world. I was like, how are you free when you need to ask for permission to fish 
And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you like fishing, right? You need a permit to fish before you go and catch fish. You cannot catch fish on your own boat with your own fishing utensils or whatever it's called, rods, I guess, unless you ask for permission and then you have to be granted permission before you can go and fish. You also need a permit, which is you asking for permission before you can own a dog. Do you understand that in Nigeria, we have our problems, but if you told a Nigerian that they needed to go and ask for permission, file and ask for a permit to own a dog or to go and catch a fish, the amount that they will look at you like you're crazy. What, what, what do I need permission for? What? And permit what? And you guys think that you're free, but literally everything you do, you need a permit to do it. And so it's this sort of double speak, right? That's happening and has happened for the longest time where they say it's just a permit and it's very quick. You don't have to like, you know, it's, it's more than likely going to be approved, but essentially it's just a permit. And what they're saying is that you need to ask for permission to yep. do X, Y, and Z. That's what permit is. And that's horrifying. That is caging you, right? Right. It sounds like a cage with extra steps. That's and, insane. And there's a limit to how many times you're allowed outside it. So I did a quick Google search, and this is a headline. Forget the conspiracies. 15-minute cities will free us to improve our mental health and well-being. Forget the conspiracies. You mean yeah. people saying this is So you want to slap the label of conspiracy theory on it, which I don't know about you, but remember when they were saying that, um, I can't even say the word without being like, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. the, the what you, hey, I'm on camera. I can do this. You know what I mean, right? The, mm -hmm. Or wherever it is that they did it right? They said that it came out of a lab. And then people who were saying that were like, literally like taking off social media, censored left, right and center. And now, and that was considered a conspiracy theory. And now it's fact. Like I, I saw headlines that said it actually did come from a lab. So it's 2023. I don't know if we can continue after everything we've experienced the last two, three years. I don't know if that whole dismiss something by calling a conspiracy theory is we should still be playing that game. So I what that article It just doesn't work anymore. Right. So what that article you're referring to is basically saying that, please, can you say it again? Can you, can you please, can we visit that? Sure. Forget the conspiracies. 15-minute cities will free us to improve our mental health and well-being. This was on the first page of Google searches when I said 15-minute city. <laughs> Do you um, remember that video I sent you yesterday of what that guy was saying about Google? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, within this article, they have a quote from um, a member of the UK parli Parliament, uh, Nick Fletcher, who's an MP, called the 15-minute cities and quote, international socialist concept 
that will cost us our personal freedom. Now, this is a member of the UK. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And right. they are trying to dismiss that as a conspiracy. No, this is a member of the UK parliament, right? This is not some tinfoil hat person in the middle of nowhere. And these people are just being, these concerns are just being dismissed. Well, so I referred to a video that I, I sent with Maya yesterday and it was, I think it was the, I think it's C-A-T-O, like a discussion. I think it's pronounced Cato. Um, but it was a discussion by a board of like lawyers and bankers and um, people who are involved in like foreign currency. And, and um, the talk was about digital currency, um, but not like Bitcoin, but rather a state-sponsored digital currency. But in the video, there was a clip where the guy was saying that Google is not, paraphrasing here, but he was saying Google is not a search engine. Right? Do you remember what he said, Maya? Um, I'm forgetting his exact words, but yes, it's essentially that it's data. Yes. Yeah. He, he basically what he was saying is that what Google is, is that you pay them to show the masses what you want them to see. Right? So the reason why that article popped up when you search for 15 minute cities is because somebody paid for that article to pop up. So whomever it is that wants people to believe that push, pushing back against 15 minute cities um, is actually a conspiracy theory. And this is actually why it's a good thing. Somebody paid for that article to be written and somebody paid for that article to be pushed forward in your search results. It's not a search engine anymore. And I don't think it's been for the last at least 10 years. What it is, is that, well, it's, it's a tool of essentially programming. It's become another programming tool. So you type in something, you think what you're getting is what there is, but there's a reason why if you go to DuckDuckGo, you get a different search of, you know, set of results versus Bing versus this is not clean internet. Here's just all of the information. They make money by scrubbing things from the internet and then putting certain things in there as well in order to essentially manipulate the minds of the masses. Correct. And Google even made a statement a few years ago saying that they will be suppressing any alternative climate change theories. So any scientist, yeah, that face is accurate because any scientist <laughs> who is trying to say anything not even, yeah, essentially against what they have decided is the accurate narrative, they are going to suppress that in their searches because they don't want to promote any climate deniers. But these scientists aren't climate deniers, just like the epidemiologists over the last three years who were deplatformed were not denying things. They were just trying to share their information, their data, and put together the puzzle of what is happening. Right. And think, these, yeah. No, go on, sorry. These, no, these climate scientists are just trying to figure out whether the earth has been warming on its own, like what are the true causes? And for a company like Google to then decide what is misinformation and what's not is, it's essentially lying to the public. Right. So you, to me, call it what you are then. Uh, you guys are publishers. 
and you're choosing what you will publish. It's not a search engine anymore. And honestly, there should be a class action lawsuit against Google because that's false advertisement, right? Like if you're telling the masses that you are just a search engine, but then you're saying, I will pick and choose, or we will pick and choose what we show you, so long as it fits on, you know, a particular narrative, and we will suppress the rest, then you're not a search engine. It's something else. Right. right? I mean, the moment they started taking on ads and people are able to gamify SEO, that's right. when it stopped being a true search engine. We don't, we can't trust Google anymore, which is sad. Well, I think they, I think <laughs> when they removed their motto, it used to be don't, don't be evil. And they took that off. Like, I feel like <laughs> that ah, that's funny. That's it's funny. True. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> right? Like the moment they were like, yeah. hey, you know that thing that we said we weren't going to be? Let's take that off. Um, yeah. When did that happen? I don't remember. I, probably, I could look it's that really up. Well, but yeah, Not that, that should have been, yeah. been um, a red flag there. But yeah, to go back to your point, the last few years, there was a sentiment that was repeatedly echoed, which was trust the science, right? And then a group of scientists would present a different science. And then, as you mentioned, they were suppressed. They were deplatformed. They were insulted and made, like, essentially, a lot of them lost careers because of them trying to present science (laughs) that may have contradicted you know, the rolling narrative, but it was still science. So you're saying trust the science, but then these scientists come up and they're like, well, here's something else. Like you said, another part of the puzzle for you to consider. And it became not trust the science. It became trust these scientists specifically, not trust the science. I feel like we're living in some sort of weird dystopian novel. We um, are. We absolutely. Well, going back to these 15 minute cities, right. that's what it sounds like. Right. It's like Hunger Games. We have the districts. What's going to happen? <laughs> oh, no. Look, I mean, honestly, that's let's true. talk about it. <laughs> no, it's true. I just didn't. Yeah. 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 Like, if you look at it logically, we're going to have extreme socioeconomic disparity between the different neighborhoods right are you going to have inner city students with the affluent no no of course not so it's going to get more and more extreme so i wonder which 15 minute cities will be cleaner this is literally hunger games (laughs) this is the districts i feel like there are people who read (laughs) who read (laughs) novels for like the wrong reasons right like you had like 1984 right and we all read that and we're reading it like oh no that's terrible and there's out there like that's actually an old bad idea (laughs) i mean honestly we are in the worst of orwell and huxley's worlds because i i just reread brave new world recently and their soma pills are essentially the vaping i watch people in the morning like in la in their cars every morning, vaping away. What is that? That's a soma hit, right? That's Don't true. let me feel anything. 
That's what he wrote. That is true. Yes. Like I said, I think there are people out there who read dystopian novels for inspiration. Like, actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> 1984, <laughs> cautionary tale. No. <laughs> Let's change the headlines. Let's that's take literally, that, right? <laughs> yeah, That's literally what's happening right now. We're changing the headlines. Brave and New there's World? no apology. Yeah. They, they literally are like, Brave New World. Let's remove Brave New World <laughs> order. <laughs> Yay. I'm well, laughing. also, I don't think shit is funny. I just don't know. I'm one of those people that laugh at like inappropriate things because I, I, I don't know what else to do. So if you see me just me kind of though. giggling through everything, it's because what the else am I supposed to do at this? I moment? mean, you either laugh or cry, and I <laughs> am with you on laughing because no one has time to cry about this. No, and because I this is happening in real time. Go on. Right, and I feel a little bit crazy because, like you said, I do feel like. I'm observing this as a field researcher and looking at it very objectively. I'm not getting caught up in the emotions of it too much where otherwise I don't, how do you function, right? I'm just trying to take it in and see, okay, well, this is what's happening. Back to your new world order comment. Um, the digital, the European digital coin is also being pushed out. Right. And what, what's happening right now is most places are already card only. So I didn't realize this, but um, this is also something this gentleman told me where there is a huge push to remove all the cash from circulation. So now you're reliant on your cards and then you're going to get switched over to the digital coin, the European digital coin. And... Um, the way he's thinking it's going to happen is everything that's happening happening with the banks in the US right now, SVB, if you guys have been following that, that's going to have global repercussions. And once everything crashes, um, the, the government in Europe, in most places, you're only insured up to 100,000 euros. In the US, it's uh, your... FDIC insured for 250,000. Yep, here it's 100,000. So this gentleman thinks that essentially the there's going to be massive bailouts from the government. They're going to give back 100,000 to people who who have that much in the bank. Um that I don't know what percentage that would even be. Very and then yeah. right. And after that, you are given a universal basic income and it's going to be through this digital coin and tie that with your facial recognition. social it's essentially a social credit score again. And you're tied down to your tiny 15 minute cities. You are tied to this digital coin and you are reliant on the government to then give you money. And I mean, let's not even talk. I don't know if you want to go there with AI because I also think most knowledge work will be will be eradicated in the next five to ten years. Like, what are people actually going to be doing? So, a UBI is going to be essential one way or another. There just won't be a lot of jobs for people if AI goes at the speed that it's going right now, and. All of this is going to make us more reliant on the government. And now if the government is also hell-bent on keeping us in place in our little districts, um, we're going to be trapped. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing again because yeah, you could see everything kind of falling into place. Right. Um, and the thing is, like, it's not it sounds really far fetched. And I would have thought that it was really far fetched if we hadn't just gone through the last three years where we had curfews, we had mandates, we weren't allowed to go into restaurants or um, movie theaters, museums. You couldn't go into museums unless you had a card. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I have heard kind of over and over again in the last, honestly, probably seven years, is um, never let, you know, a good disaster, I guess, go to waste, whatever <laughs> it is, right? If there's something you can use to sort of get the attention of the public, that you can use a search engine, for example, every time that you go in to type into Google, there's something that they tell you is trending. Whether or not it's actually trending, that's a separate question, right? Or are they telling you it's trending and they're using social proof to manipulate you into thinking, oh, a bunch of people are thinking about this. I should look at it too, right? Social engineering 101, right? So now they, it's something that they bring to the forefront of your consciousness. And then they present themselves as, well, here is a solution. Right. And so it was, it started with climate change. Right. And in the, in the back of our minds, we've had this constant everywhere you go. It's about, you know, these corporations are making green pledges. You look further into it. They're not doing, they're just putting labels and (laughs) they're just using green labels and claiming to be green. It's actually called greenwashing. They don't give about the environment. Right. They just, put a green label over the plastic container and then they put something in the fine print that says it comes from, you know, some plant or something like that, but it's really not, you have no way of verifying it. It just makes you feel good. And then you buy it. And then later on an expose comes out and you find out that these corp, you know, these corporations are actually lying about something as basic as their packaging. But at that point you already bought the thing, right? So as you mentioned about, these little things that they have us doing where we're thinking we're controlling something, right? As long as you put your bottle in this box, you're helping the environment. Meanwhile, these corporations, these companies are doing much more damage than an individual can do. And nobody's looking at them as the problem. So they, they started doing little things. Like you go to the hotel and they say, don't have us wash your towels, right? Because by having us only come and wash your towels, you know, once every two, three days of your stay, you're actually saving the environment. No, I'm not. I'm saving you money from having right. to wash these towels. So no, you can come and wash these towels. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, but you see little things like, oh, if you fly on this way, or do you want to pay like an extra 10 cents to make this more economically, you know, friendly? So that's kind of, we're, we're kind of passively taking this stuff in. And then now that we've been subliminally, program with this stuff, then they present something like a 15 minute city where they say, Hey, cars are polluting the environment. Don't you want to do something good for the environment? How about we pop up these 15 minute cities where you don't even need your car and you can walk around and you know, it's, it's super good for your mental health because walking is great. And you could be in this network in this community and it's all good. And you're like, Oh, okay. That sounds good. And it's like, ha, there was a trap. 
here, you need a permit. So now leave. <laughs> like, why can't you just stop at the let's make these more cities walkable? Why do you have to add this extra stuff? Because it was never about the environment. It was always about using something, using a thread of something, using something that has gathered the attention of the masses to then instate another level of fear, just slowly turn up the heat where we're more and more giving up our rights, our human right. rights. It's not even civil rights at this point. It's just the right as a human being to exist. That's not enough. It's like you just want a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Why? Right. I mean, why? You don't have enough power. We already wake up and live this cycle. Get up, have a shower, eat breakfast, get in your car, drive to work, do some meaningless, meaningless get in your car, go home, turn on the TV, consume, go to sleep, redo that all over again. Is that not enough? You're consuming the lives of people. What people could be doing to better society as a whole, humanity as a whole, you're taking that to feed this corporate beast. That's not enough. Now you wanna also limit where they can go. You wanna track their faces, you wanna give them scores so that if they do the wrong thing, then you, boom, you lose your money, boom. You can't, why? Is that not, is this not enough? What, at what point do they stop when they kill people? Cause I'm sure that's the next step. Yeah. It's what's really frustrating to me is we already saw this happen with nonprofits, right? We were giving money to charities, to nonprofits. And then we had all of that information come out about how only like 10% of the money was actually going to the causes. It was all bloat in the bureaucracy. It's like we, and the nonprofits were supposed to be the good guys, right? And now, everyone's falling for this whole environmental friendly thing for corporations. Like we just keep falling for the same traps. I just don't get it. Yeah, you know, you, you got a point there. At a certain point, we're complacent and then we become part of the problem. Yeah. It's the same MO, they don't deviate. At this point, you have to look up and go, if they're offering you every, every single move these make, it's just a Trojan horse. That, that it's the same playbook. They they always something happens. They I don't know these... if you've no go on. No no sorry go ahead. No 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 I'll remember. <laughs> uh, no I, I'm gonna go on a a tangent on more freedoms being taken away. <laughs> okay well like just I'll I'll finish this and I want to hear what you have to say but it, it's the same playbook. Sure. You know. It's climate change, they program us, and then they offer themselves as a solution. It's this thing that happened that I can't even say because my, my, they have it where AI will search for the vocals, audio, when you upload it into whatever the you, you know, you want to up YouTube, Spotify, whatever, it gets scanned and then a little thing will show up. So I can't even say the word, but that's, I can't even say the words. That's ridiculous, right? And then they say, for your safety here, we're going to install these programs, these sort of technological, whatever, right? It's now it's, that's now it's tracking you, all right? Now you, you need this, you need this card 
to travel, to eat out, to leave your home. You know, it's just, and I said this in a podcast before, and I think it, it bears repeating. The more technological or technologically advanced a society is, any society, the less freedom its people have. The two come together. Like, it's just, that's how it's being implemented. Whatever it is, like nobody, the powers that be, don't look at technology and go, how can we use this to improve society? It's how can we use this to control people? But that's unfortunately their function. The function is to control. Like that's what the word government means, right? It, it, it breaks down essentially it's to control. So if that, if they're a hammer, right, then every problem becomes a nail. Like I just, I just, oh, is this something I can use to control? Because that's literally my job. I just want to control. So at a certain point, we have to wake up. I remember universe, universal basic income. I actually talked about that on this podcast. And I thought, and I still think it's a good idea. So long as it's not <laughs> tied to whatever nefarious, you know, strings, which it will be, unfortunately. But something that sounds good, because what's wrong with giving people just a basic income? At any video game, when you start a game, you're given a starting point. But it, it's not that, is it? It's here's something, but we're, we're gonna want some of like your freedom in exchange for that. And we, as the masses, because there is more of us, need to stop falling for this. But I'm gonna let you go on, Maya. No, I'm just taking everything you're saying and and we do need, I'm glad that you're having these conversations because we do need to raise awareness. And a lot of the things that are happening um, seem out of our control, but if enough people stand up against it, just like the mandates, things have to change, right? Just because there is some sort of nefarious plot out there doesn't mean it actually needs to come into fruition. I would agree wholeheartedly. In fact, I, I want to interject because I still want to hear what, what you have to say about um, our freedoms being taken away. But I took a screenshot of this article today. It was something about Google Glass. Now, you wouldn't think that this is something worth noting, but it was worth noting for me. This came in from Robin Hood. I sign up for their newsletter every day, and it says, a glass from the past returns to the dustbin of history. Google said it would stop selling its glass enterprise smart glasses. The $1,000 camera-equipped lab Google-looking wearables were marketed for industrial use and were an evolution of 2013's much-hyped Google Glass. Google stopped selling the first version of Glass two years after its debut after it elicited immediate pushback, both on privacy and style grounds. But they stopped doing something because it elicited a pushback. Mm. That is important, right? And it says, Google isn't the only biz to struggle with making smart glasses shine. In 2016, Snap released $130 glasses. Because it's tempting to be like, well, maybe it was the price, but no, this is in 2016, but apparently overestimated demand to the tune of 40 million in losses. 
2021, Meta launched its $300 Ray-Ban Stories for, view, for video recording and sharing, but despite the fashion-forward frame, they seem to have failed to catch on. Apple, one biz that could allay style and privacy objections, keeps delaying its rumored Apple glasses. Meanwhile, VR headsets sales fell last year, and Meta slashed the price of its Quest Pro just months after launch. So the point of this, and the reason why this is important to me is that they present, these entities tend to present this air of inevitability, right? They say, this is what they want to do. And then they say, this is what will happen. And then they sit back and they put all of these steps into play to try to convince us that it's inevitable so that we essentially actualize it. But as you've seen, when there's pushback, they stop. So we can't afford to be complacent. We can't just say, okay, this is what's going on. Be the pushback. I literally had an episode called Be the Pushback. And then (laughs) I think that video actually got suppressed um, on the podcast. I don't remember what I re-timed it. But as Maya was saying, like, you don't, we don't have to accept this. And in the United States, compared to the rest of the world, compared to Europe, what was happening in the last three years didn't happen as much here because we were like, not that. Can we be like, not that for like everything? <laughs> Let's be like, not that for everything. But go on, Maya. Right. And also not fall for like, oh, here's a donut or $50. <laughs> if you, you know, that was part it really made me so upset because in Europe they were just like no we're gonna beat the out of you or like lock you out and you know it was just almost totalitarian and very control focused and in the U.S. that didn't work but like free donuts worked what is why come on people they're poisoning you on all levels a donut is poison <laughs> Did you remember that? They were like full on lines. I That's how they got the, the kids too. I remember the donuts Talk and I remember the bribes. I think when the donuts yeah. didn't work for everybody, then they started paying people. And I was like, bruh. Come on, and guys. it worked. I know. I know. And I saw all those like interviews where they were like, oh, I was on the fence with my with my kids. But then, you know, $100, I got all of them. It's like, oh, cool. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So when that's why the idea of a universal basic income, I liked it because then you won't have to do that because there's a reason why a person goes, okay, I'll take the hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but the UBI is going to be reliant on you doing what I know. Yeah, I know. that's, but the... that's what I'm saying. It always, that's always yeah. the, it's always the, there's always a catch, you know, yep. and it's done with intention. So a UBI is just another donut. You know, a 15-minute city is just another donut. That's what they do. It's just different levels of donuts. They can't do that so much here, at least yet, while we're still America. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the the, the donuts just take different forms. Exactly. Because if you you are forced to be reliant on the UBI system, if, you know, the banks collapse and you only have 
whatever is given back to you by the government, like a hundred thousand is not going to last you till retirement and past retirement, right? right? So if there's no way for you to accrue your own money and you're reliant on the system, like you have to do what you're told. Especially if they have the currency set to expire. Like, let's go back to that. <sighs> that one, I I mean, I don't see that working anywhere. I just don't think that's one of those things that you, like you said, they kind of put it out there and people were like, no. <laughs> so they, there was pushback on that even in China? See, that's the problem. We don't, I don't really, I haven't seen a lot about it. You we don't, don't know, have a lot of information. Because they suppress their media. That's true. But it hasn't, right, but it hasn't been pushed out. I haven't seen that being talked about anywhere else. I definitely haven't seen it in relation to the European digital coin. Um, but again, these things start out as this, we are saving you so the fine print doesn't come in till later. Right. And we know that nobody reads <laughs> that too, that too. But this is a perfect segue into what I was going to say earlier, because if you are reliant on UBI and they have neurotechnology coming out now. So at the World Economic Forum, there was a, a talk called Ready for Brain Transparency. And the description is the promise of neurotechnology to improve lives and to gain insight into the human brain is growing. How can we uphold data privacy and personal freedom as we make strides towards a world of brain transparency? And now, yeah, there's a whole talk on it, how they explain what brain transparency means, how I'll send this to you, um, how it'll improve productivity and uh yeah and the thing is then there have been articles i i didn't realize this until today that there have been articles about this since 2016 that the technology already exists and they look like little earphone like earbuds and it can monitor your brain waves yeah and computing interfaces exactly and we think Neuralink is, you know, very far out from being implemented, but these technologies are in existence. They're being piloted. There are companies that are using that. So there's, okay, so May 1, 2018, this headline says, these Chinese workers' brainwaves are being monitored. That's the that's Remember that video I posted headline, where it says yeah. that your phone is definitely using your brain? And there was like an article in there, or I'm sorry, not using your brain, reading your brain. And there was an article in there about Facebook working on this technology back in like 2015. And the article said that they scrapped it, but they didn't. Like, that's a yeah. lie. You know? That's definitely a lie. <laughs> like a decade ago. And that's what they chose to publish. Yeah. So here's another what you said about the Chinese workers. I want to hear that again. Oh, sure. So let me go back to it. So employees brainwaves are reportedly being monitored in factories, state owned enterprises and the military across China. <laughs> yeah, the technology works by placing wireless sensors in employees caps or hats 
which combined with artificial intelligence algorithms spot incidents of workplace rage, anxiety, or sadness. Employers use this emotional surveillance technology by then tweaking workflows, including employee placement and breaks to increase productivity and profits. So at State Grid, uh, Zijiang Electric Power in the Southeast city of Hangzhou, a company profits jumped by 315 million since the technology was introduced in 2014. I mean, this goes on, but again, this was back in 2018. Right. Two things to that. That almost reads like an advertisement for corporations in America, as in two corporations in America, right? Because I can imagine some reading that and thinking, wow, on one end that sounds really messed up, right? What is it called? Emotional surveillance software. But on the other end, if I can get an increase in $315 million, maybe, you know, it's not such a bad thing. Because ultimately... Sorry, go ahead. No, go on. Oh, I was going to say, but Joe, it's um, helping employees figure out when they're sad and angry, and it's going to improve workflows. It's going to give them breaks. Yeah. This is a good thing all around. Yeah, everybody benefits. So Yeah, you... employees will be happy. And if you get a little too angry internally because you had a spat with your husband that morning, like maybe you get fired, but you know, everyone else will be happier. <laughs> yeah, because just using your words, right? Or just it's creating like a workplace <laughs> that's not hostile so that a person can feel comfortable enough to say, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life. And actually taking care of your employees rather than putting emotional <laughs> emotional monitoring software, Sur- surveillance software. <laughs> emotional surveillance software. And this is an article that was written, I'm assuming it's pro using this, and they're literally calling it surveillance, emotional surveillance, <sighs> brain transparency. Do you remember that when we were talking about privacy about 15, 20 years ago? And they were coming out and these people were saying, I don't have anything to hide. Shouldn't have to worry about anything to hide. <laughs> Remember those people? Yeah. Oh god. So it's a little it's a little a little bit at a time. You put put you in the pot and it's the frog, and then just slowly turn up the heat. Oh, is it I don't care if, you know, the government is reading my emails. Now, fast forward to twenty three and oh, I don't care if my emotions are being surveilled. This is happening. There's like, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm struggling. There's like a cognitive dissonance happening right now because there's a part of my brain that's like, this, am I in a sci-fi novel? What happened? I'm not that old. Is, <laughs> between No, this is, this is how I feel. Being in Europe made me realize how easily controlled the, the nation states are here. And they're not doing anything about it. It's just happening. And it feels like a dystopia. It feels like reading that article right now felt like, oh, this is another time, right? This is sometime in the future. It can't be happening just a couple thousand miles away from where I'm at right now. I remember when the whole thing happened, something 19, remember that? when all of that happened before 
back in 2019, when it started in China, I remember, and I was guilty of this as well. I might've even made, like, I might've even talked about it on the podcast back then. I remember watching that stuff happening where we were seeing what was going on with the Chinese citizens and what was happening to them and what their government was doing to them. And I remember thinking that is unfortunate for them. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing at like the absurdity of it and not realizing that like how small the world actually is. And, and then I started seeing certain, those same things being implemented in Europe. And I was like, well, that's too bad for them. Right. And then it came to the States and I was like, wow, that was my fault. There's a lack of compassion for when I saw human beings, I didn't identify with another human being. I, in my mind were like, well, they're Chinese, they're Europeans, they're Italians, they're Spanish, they're whatever. I just, whatever group, instead of seeing that's another human being. I felt compassion, obviously, when I watched those videos, I was like, that's terrible. And then it stopped because I was like, well, that's them. And then the them became us. And so when I'm listening to Maya talk about emotional surveillance software that is actively being, it's been instilled already, 2018. That's five years ago. I can't, we can no longer afford to be like, well, that's just happening over there. The, 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 the Chinese social credit system, we can no longer say, well, that's only happening over there. It's going to take, it's going to be a hop and a skip and a snap. And they're going to try to instill the same thing here. We can't afford to look, if anything, we should be looking at and scrutinizing the Chinese and the Europeans much closely to say, we don't want any of that over here. And if you're listening to this, I know you're not listening to this in China because China is China. And that could easily happen to us, by the way. Right? This media blackout where all of a sudden, whatever you're taking in, like everything gets censored. And also, whatever it's happening, you can't get your message out either. Because there's billions of people in China. And I would guarantee you that 100% of them are not okay with what's going on. They're being used as human lab rats. And they don't have a, the fact that I can, at least at this moment in time, we can go on here and talk about this. I am terrified that there may come a time when we may not be able to. I laugh a lot, I joke a lot. I also understand that a lot of what we're doing is and can very quickly become dangerous. I'm not ignorant of that. Half the time when I'm talking, I know that a lot of the things that I'm saying when I say things like be the pushback, that is dangerous. And it can very quickly become dangerous in the wrong climate. But we still have the freedom and the ability to, at least at this moment in space time, do something, say something, Talk to people. You know, I got a text message from my mom. It was about what you'd mentioned earlier about the, the bank thing. 
you remember? It was like in Europe, it's only if you're... Yeah, the FDIC insured amounts. Right. So it was, my mom sent me a text message and it said something to the effect of if you've got more than $250,000 in your bank account, you need to pull it out because if anything happens, um, you, you're only insured for like $250,000. And I was like, uh, okay, that's nice. That would be a nice problem for me. <laughs> Why are you sending me this? I know for a fact you don't have $250,000. Like, I'm not trying to be a that's obviously my mom. But where did this come from? Right? Because most of her friends and most of her colleagues, where is this? Like, they're, they're all a, a child of an immigrant. Um, and you're an immigrant yourself, as am I. We know what our parents are up to in their WhatsApp group because they were sending us from their WhatsApp group. Right? <laughs> right. That was a weird flag for me because I was like, why are you guys worried about this? As you had said earlier, like there's not that many people who are sitting on a hundred K euros cash, $250,000 cash, where this becomes something to worry about. But the thing is like, even these WhatsApp groups have been infiltrated because who created that? Because in a very short amount of time, it started out with rumors of a bank run until there was an actual bank run in a very short amount of time. Before the, even the mainstream media could talk about it, it was, it was circulating in WhatsApp groups. Something's going on. Is it to get us used to that idea? Well, I think they wanted to, I think whoever it is that put these little memes and stuff and had them circulated in WhatsApp group right underground, they were trying to create a bank run. Hmm. Um, I think a couple of banks actually got like crushed because I think there was a local regional bank here in San Diego that was, I think, a lot of like um, wealthier clientele um, patronized. They pulled most of their cash out of it, and then they had to be bailed out. So it did. Uh, it worked, and that's just one locally that I know of. These things are being weaponized, and very under our noses. A lot of people, because they're not conscious of this, they're not paying attention to like the suffix. They're just assuming. These, these memes are just circulating just organically. They're not. But the thing is, the beauty of that is that, okay, if these things can spread in this way, then we can create messages can, that can also spread that way. Maybe we should start generating things that like, properly educate the people to the fact that like you don't want to live in a cashless society. You will have zero freedom and zero privacy. That's, that's not hyperbole, it's facts. Everything you do purchase will be tracked. And the worst part is, if, if you say something, you do something, they can shut down your ability to then purchase things, to feed your family, to feed yourself. There is no, I don't see the benefit of this. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, it's going to be, oh, Joe, you've consumed too much uh, protein this week. Now you're not allowed to have any more next week. You know? This it is, could get that insane. I know this is a lot of concern. Right. All of that is in place. All of this environmental push 
oh, we want to do this to keep you safe and keep the environment or the the planet safe, like then provide us with clean food. Why are there Oreos and chips and literal poisons available? But you know, yeah, I just I don't understand. Also, this push for impossible, like this fake meat stuff. It's really upsetting to me, but I do feel like inevitably it could be. Oh, this is all you can purchase based on your, you know, social score, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I get that our present farming practices are inhumane. I agree, absolutely agree. So then, make them not inhumane. Yeah, do proper crop rotation. Have proper farms right maybe push if, go on yeah if you just tax those factory farms more they won't be able to survive right because they're the ones who are doing like it's not your local farmer that's abusing you know animals right no and there's something to be said too about there's some people who cannot just live off plant-based i tried it and it did not work for me. Um, and I, I did have it. tried it also, and it did not work for me. Right. So essentially, when you bring in big pharma, and they know that a plant-based diet does not work for everybody, you know, it could also cause its set of sickness and disease. But guess what? They're going to present themselves as a solution and their drugs as a solution while also being the problem, right? Using big ag to sell us genetically modified foods, right? That if this digital currency thing gets imposed on us, could be imp easily imposed on, okay, you only can eat this. If they are with their, with their whole chest can tell you, you could only leave your house a hundred times, they're tracking every time you leave your house also, right? So if they could say that with their chest, we are going to instill, like we're going to install this. We're we're going to do this. If they can, if they can, then it's not audacious to think that at a certain point they can also limit your your protein intake. Okay, you're not because I'm guilty of this. I don't go to the grocery store. I just have everything delivered to me. I don't really like going outside, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but they can, they know what I'm ordering. You know. So if, if I become 100% reliant on an app where that order, I order my grocery store, which I'm not, by the way, I also order um, seafood wholesale from um, a great Alaskan seafood company. I believe it's the name of the company, um, but don't quote me on that. And then we also order like steak and stuff from local farms and we have a deep freezer. And I would suggest that maybe you guys do the same. Um, instead of going to the grocery store, you can buy from local farms and then you have your food, you know, this way you're not dependent on a, on a, you know, a corporate, you know, uh, grocery store. Um, but imagine I didn't do that and I was just a hundred percent reliable or reliant on this, the service. Then I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing, or maybe I just hit a particular limit. Okay. Now no soup for you, <laughs> no food for you, you know, to force compliance.
Look, rations are not a foreign concept in a lot of countries. In, you know, there are people alive who had to go through that. It's not so far-fetched to think that it won't happen again in the U.S. Absolutely. Brilliant point. It's not outside of the realm of possibility to look at things happening in other countries and be like, oh, it wouldn't happen here. Why? Are you believing your own propaganda? <laughs> this is the greatest country in the world. I do think it is. By the way, I love this country and I'm Nigerian. I'm a proud Nigerian, but I'm not a Nigerian. So I'm here, right? Um, we have our issues, but I'm with you on that also, <laughs> <laughs> right? We have our issues, but nothing's perfect, but I don't think we should be looking to China and being like, yeah, that's a good idea. Everything that they're doing, let's do that here. I think we keep America, America. There's a reason why it has the largest amount of immigrants in, in any country, in the entire world. Anyway. Well, you know, not if the World Economic Forum has any, anything to do with it. Their headline is, America's dominance is over. By 2030, we'll have a handful of global powers. That's their actual headline? Yeah, this was back in 2016. This is all straight from their website and not anyone's misinterpretation. It is. Yep. Well, there. Thankfully, okay. America isn't the leaders who will capitulate to the World Economic Forum's plans, right? America is the 300 million people who make up America, not our leaders who have sold us out, right? Um, it's nothing to say I don't want, you know, a shared power in the sense, right? I, I do think that, you know, allow everybody a seat at the table. But my issue is that who are going to be the, are we, are we supporting um, totalitarian regimes? You know, in, in, in incredibly... I don't want to use the word evil because it just, it feels very hyperbolic, I guess. But like, is that what we're doing? Or I mean, it's, going, hmm? it's going to be the techno oligarchs who end right. up being in power. Now, those be people... the most oppressive nations to their actual people. Right. Well, they're the ones who have already taken all of our data and don't give us actual facts. And we've already discussed how, you know, it's none of the technologies are really set up in a way to serve the population, the masses. No. It's to serve the corporations. And if we allow those people to now be the global powers, like they are so far removed from humanity that it's actually horrifying to talk to these, some of these computer science leaders. I've, I've talked to them and I've told you about this, Joe, where 
they are very okay with, you know, in the name of progress and evolution of technology, if humanity ends, if Homo sapiens, sapiens are eradicated from this planet and AI continues on, they are fine with it. Yeah. These are the people that we are wanting to be in power. We've already allowed to be in power, actually. And every day we contribute to them being in power. Right. Be the pushback. That is a recurring, that will be a recurring mantra, be the pushback, because time and time again, we have seen a company or a corporation tries to push something forward and they, they do a good job with marketing and they say, this is it. This is how it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. And then people are just like, nah. Yep. <laughs> it's not, we don't we don't there's not much else you have to do you could literally just be like no just don't opt in don't go out and buy the things don't patronize these companies you know and i think the pushback can be as simple as having conversations with people you know just to raise awareness I understand that there are so many people who are just trying to make ends meet. They're not looking at these details. They're not looking at the fine print that you're only allowed entry a hundred times. They don't have time for that. They're trying to put food in front of their kids. And I understand that. I think when they hear about these things, they are thoroughly shocked. They don't want to opt in. So all we can really do is just have a conversation, raise awareness. If they can use WhatsApp and, and it Telegram goes a groups, long way. It does. If they can use WhatsApp and Telegram groups to create bank runs, we can use WhatsApp and Telegram groups to create solidarity. Yes. You know, there's nothing wrong with technology. We are having a conversation. It's being recorded. I will be able to hit, you know, record, you know, I, I will be able to upload it and then you'll be able to hear the conversation. So that's not a bad thing. You know, to be able to disseminate information in a very short amount of time, that's fantastic. So technology isn't a bad thing. It's just being weaponized. It's being weaponized by people who have this sort of underlining disdain for humanity as a whole. I'm a humanist. I love human beings. I happen to be a human being, right? There are, there's this Malthusian mindset that has been installed into the mind of people who consider themselves elite. They consider themselves better than the rest of us and they keep, and they have programmed a lot of people with this mindset that humanity is a disease, right? That humanity is a cancer. And so they genuinely believe that there's too many people. And you know, they believe that there's too many people because the average person echoes the same sentiment that there's too many people. Where are they getting that from? When they turn on the TV and they watch a movie that keeps telling them there's too many people, we need to wipe out a third of the population. It's in our entertainment. You think that that is just, that just came out of nowhere? 
These movies are paid for. They, they serve the purpose of programming people to accept a particular perspective. It's not just blind entertainment. Yes, it serves the purpose of also keeping you, you know, bread and circuses, keeping you contained and not really pausing to reflect on life, the universe and everything and where things are going. But they also serve the purpose of programming the masses. So, so much so you talk to the average person and they're like, yeah, I think that's fine. I think there's too many people. And now they are refusing to have children because they have been programmed to think that, people. yeah, there's too many people and um, you're basically not protecting the planet if you choose to have more children. And the thing is, anyone, and I have a lot of American friends who have this sentiment, who feel guilty if they even think about having a child because how dare you? But you drive through America, there is so much open land, so much open land. So it's that idea isn't coming. Now, if you were in India or China, I would understand if a common person was like, oh, there's a lot of us. Like maybe yeah, I should people in China. Yeah, like I can't. But the thing is, still, you drive, there are plenty of places in India and in China. I've gone Where to the countryside. Exactly, where there's enough space. But be, coming back to the Americans, that idea didn't just pop into their head because of what they're seeing. Yeah. It had to be programmed in. Right. You can go into the supermarkets. There is millions of pounds of food thrown away in the U.S. There is plenty of land for everyone. There is plenty of running water. There is electricity. I've grown up without both at different points. So where did that idea come from? That all the millennials are now spouting out on social media, like, oh, I can't even imagine having a kid. Like, you know, I, I would feel too guilty. They were told to think that. Corporations don't feel guilty. They pop out new babies. <laughs> yeah, new factory babies every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean by that is that they have not really changed their practices. Right. while still imposing this sort of idea that there's too much of us. Maybe there's too many corporations, right? They're yep. telling us there's too much of us, but I feel like there's too many corporations, right? They're not changing their ways. They're still pushing things like planned obsolescence, right? Where they make their products to fall, to fail rather, in a very short amount of time. So you have to buy more, which also creates more trash, right? As you mentioned earlier, you take trash can and recycling bin, put it together, and it goes to the same place, but I'm paying extra for recycling. What's going on? Right? They're not changing, but they're putting all of the onus of responsibility on us. And we're doing the things that we feel like we can do. Even the joke about the straws. It's like, well, they told us that. They told us it was the straws killing the turtles. So now I'm drinking out of a paper straw. Okay. Look, I, don't I bought some metal turtles. straws. I, what? I I bought some metal straws. I right. tried to do my part, right? So we're trying to uh, do our part while the corporations aren't doing anything. And they keep saying that it's us. And like you said, we don't have a food shortage issue. It's a distribution issue. We have so much waste that also goes and sits in a like, um, what do they call it? Like a garbage landfill. landfill. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So that they're not restructuring their, their business models to make it so that they're not producing so much waste. It's still always our fault. And so now we hate each other or we look at each other and go, there's too much of us. To your I point, just had a... there, there's so much land when you fly, just right. look out the window. <laughs> yep. Everything is I just a had a really creepy, creepy thought. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Creepy is the right word. But um, when you were saying that, oh, you know, maybe there's too many corporations. My first thought was yes. My second thought was no, I believe in the free markets. I don't believe in consumer capitalism, but I think the free market is important. I think that's why the U.S. has really um, thrived because innovation can only happen in a free market space. And all of that led me to recall how all of social media is now against capitalism. Have you noticed that? And I've had a lot of these conversations with people where I, I try to say like, yes, I'm against consumer capitalism, but I think capitalism, free markets are important and they shut down. They can't actually have a nuanced conversation around it. And I just realized that that's, again, programming. And what's the next step then? Oh, yeah, make everyone hate capitalism so that we can push socialism, which is this digital coin that's coming up and UBI. But, you know, we're going to protect you. We're going to make sure that everything is in place. We'll, you know, just follow our permits and orders and everything. And we're now a socialist society. and. I think that's already that push has already begun. Have you noticed this on online where everyone is down with capitalism? So when I say there's too many corporations, I'm not saying that I'm against capitalism. I'm saying there's too many corporations. Uh, yeah, I, I just that's what it made me think of. Uh, okay. I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to clarify on that. I am continuously <laughs> and have been so even the last couple of episodes of the past podcast, you've heard me say you guys need to start your own business and charge people because we have to pay the bills and don't sell your hours to a corporation. You know what I mean? When you can be selling your own knowledge, your own, your own wares, right? Why feed Amazon when you can buy locally from people like from local artisans, but that doesn't mean that I'm against capitalism. I'm saying like decentralize that where you shouldn't, I shouldn't be buying. And I don't, I don't buy soap from Johnson and Johnson right? Like I buy soap from, from artisans, from what people's websites, my, the mushroom complex, right? I buy locally. Well, not locally. She's in California, but I order from her website directly. I know, no, I know at least the social media pages of, of individuals that I buy things from. These are smaller companies. I don't have issues with companies. It's the big corporations like big ag, big pharma, that I'm saying maybe there should be less of them, right? The Facebook, the, why are you on, on social media on Instagram, putting out content when you could own your own website and use social media to advertise and bring people to your own. There's people on TikTok that are losing their minds right now because they are afraid that TikTok's going to get banned. And my thought was that you never controlled your following. You just happen to be lucky enough that you didn't get shadow banned. 
like I did. And that whenever you put out a video and I'm grateful I got shadow banned. Oh my God. I just, it just hit me because the reason why I'm grateful I got shadow banned was because it, it made me move. And Maya, you're the one who actually suggested that. It was like, okay, well also you should maybe start encouraging people to sign up for your newsletter. Right. But if I hadn't gotten shadow banned, I wouldn't have started pulling my videos off of TikTok, which I did like over the last six months, I've been slowly downloading my videos off of TikTok. I want to own my own shit, and I'm in the process of building my own website so that you can come and watch my videos on my own shit. and you should do the same thing. I think everybody should have their own website and whatever it is that you sell, if it's knowledge or if it's wares, people should be able to patronize you and not under some umbrella of a like thing, like, you know, but individuals. So that's what I mean by we don't need like a Walmart, especially in 23 when anybody can go build their own website. Why do you need these large corporations? But I do agree with you, Maya, in the sense of that, yes, there seems to be a push. Like every other person you talk to on these things are like, oh, socialism and capitalism and eat the rich. And they're all saying the same thing. And it's mm -hmm. like, ew, somebody put those thoughts in your head and it's coming out of your mouth. That creeps People me out a little bit. People put that on their, yeah, on their dating profiles. They're like, you know, uh, don't believe in capitalism. It's like, what, what do you believe in then? <laughs> what are you, you going on for your here? Apple phone onto a dating app. That's <laughs> like, that you're right. probably paying for so that I can read your Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It, it, especially, I'm always weirded out when you get a large group of people saying the exact same thing with like very little deviation. You know? Yep. I have, I've been feeling that over the last two, three years. I think it was really disconcerting when these memes um, that were, you know, hyperbolic, very exaggerated, were then coming out of people's mouths where people were casually saying how they were fine if uh, Jeff Bezos didn't make it back to earth, right? Like you're wishing death on someone. <laughs> death on people. <laughs> yeah, it was, and this was, I had multiple people say that And not for me. doing anything bad, because there are some other people who are doing things that I can understand why people would wish death on them, but I hear you. Go on. <laughs> Regardless, it's like, you know, we don't, at this point, we should understand that you can't trust the news. I don't know what's actually happening in most of these true. corporations. Some people, you can just tell they have that look about them. They're up to no good. And they've right, made the decisions I mean. <laughs> consistently. But with Jeff Bezos, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. Maybe he's just a self-centered dude and not actually out against humanity. I don't know. Amazon started as like bookstore, so I can't hate on that. <laughs> um, and that's a whole other complex thing. But for people to just casually wish death on someone is not normal to me. I, I couldn't imagine five years ago someone being like, oh, yeah, I wish so-and-so would die. Oh, I think for me, it's the bigger thing is the eat the rich thing. 
like right it reminds me of um, one of them illuminati cards because that was literally in the cards like right? the illuminati card game i don't know if you've heard of it um but it was an offshoot of a book that was kind of re- written as satire by um robert anton wilson who's actually one of my favorite authors and uh, it was like a series of like synchronicities because he wrote this book called illuminatus um he also wrote cosmic trigger which i always like recommend it's a great read um but he wrote a book in joke or in jest about how the illuminati like created like controls the world and then he like had all of these sort of like memes in the book and then somebody i think it was like a you know uh, like they worked together but they illustrated all of these different points and put them into a card and then what ended up happening as this world is is that a lot of the stuff that were in the cards started actually happening in real life um it appears the illuminati card game appears to have predicted the death of princess diana by the media bombing of the world trade center um some like a oil spill in the gulf um honestly like a lot of things i think if you go online you can google it you'll see it there's there was a lot of stuff that it was like well what's going on and people didn't realize like if you if you aren't aware that robert anton wilson like wrote this book as like satire and then in his book um cosmic trigger i believe it was the third book in the series he actually said it became like this weird um synchronicity thing that was happening because like a lot of the stuff that he had talked about in his book he started seeing it happen and it freaked him out and i think that's largely a reflection of like how this world works you know in a way um but that's a separate conversation but um eat the rich and using the wrong pronouns. These are actual cards <laughs> in the game. And it was like one of the cards where you used the wrong pronouns um, and ate the flesh of animals. That's in the card. And then it was like political correctness. And it's a card that can be played in this card game. It's the, the, the first edition of the card. And so every time I hear that, I always think like somebody's playing, somebody's playing the card <sighs> of the game. I need to look at this more. I have never, <laughs> I've read uh, the chapter that you talk about this in, in your upcoming book, but I haven't read the actual, um, his actual work and I am going to borrow it now or purchase it because that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think you would actually enjoy the Cosmic Triggers series um, because he does talk a lot about synchronicities. And I think that was, I used to think, I used to think that like, when you'd watch a show and um, like a movie or whatever, um, and then it like appears to predict the future. People called it like predictive programming. And I used to think that 100% of the time when that happened is because like they are telling you our plan, their plans and they're just putting it in fiction. Um, but then after a while I was like, this can't be all the time. What else is going on? And then I realized that I, like I sometimes do that where I'll like say something and then it'll happen. Well, I'm not working, you know, for anybody it's just like my day-to-day life and then i started to think well maybe authors creatives writers painters you know maybe they have an ability to sort of see out of time and that ability kind of gets channeled through their art and that's what we see when you know you read a book that appears to sort of predict the future or like in, in the case of the Illuminati card game, it appears to predict a whole lot of things. And even to a certain extent, 
the Simpsons, although there, you know, some people push back on that and they're like, well, Matt Groening is like a Freemason. I don't know, whatever. Um, but at the very least, the other two, um, because they're just like random people who, for example, their artwork, their, I think a CD cover appeared to predict the bombing of, um, of 9-11 um, and things like that that I can't think of right now. But he kind of confirmed that because when he wrote the Cosmic Trigger series, it's a very fascinating book. The guy's a genius, um, or was. I don't think he's alive anymore. But I go back and read it, and he basically talks about how like he set out to sort of try to figure out things about the universe, about reality, and then you, the re reality started. It was like when you gain into when they gaze into the abyss, the abyss looks back. So in his pursuit of trying to understand reality in a particular way. He started experiencing like hyper synchronicities, like hyper synchronicities, kind of like what you and I have been experiencing, Maya, um, <laughs> the last couple of months or so, where just everything was like just leading him down a particular path. And um, I think that is a, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but I think that happens a lot with this reality, um, more so than we even realize. Um, especially the more conscious you become, the more conscious it becomes of you. Like, I think it, there's like an intelligence that kind of wants you to be aware. And the more aware you are, the more it starts to show you even more things to make you like even more aware. And it's a very trippy experience. It's playing with us. It's talking to us, essentially. 